Welcome to Behind the Writer, the podcast about what the heck happens after you finally finish that novel. I'm your host, Julie Vade, and I'm here with my fellow indie authors to dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing and publishing a novel. Today, I am joined by Wes Dyson. He was world building before he knew his alphabet. As an only child, he created backstories, worlds, and dramas for all his toys to live through. Somehow, he retained that massive imagination into adulthood and channeled it into his first award-winning novel, Miracles in the Void. He lives in Western Massachusetts with his four lovable crazy dogs who constantly remind him not to take life too seriously. So Wes, welcome. Thank you for coming. You have to tell me about your dogs. I always like to hear what kind of dogs people have. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I, um, yeah, so I have four, uh, they were, so they're, they're pretty much all Pomskis, except, uh, the mother we found out was actually full Husky. She was oh. sold to us as a Pomsky. Um, but oh. she, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing, but, um, she ended up being Husky. So that, so the kids are like three quarters Husky. So like they're slightly, I guess a little bit small and the, and the father's an entire uh, Pomsky. So wow. yeah, they're nuts, but they're really, really fun. Um, and I don't know if it's because there's so many of them. They, I've never had dogs that, yeah, I've never had this many dogs, first of all, but I also never had dogs that like are so social. Like they, they're up each other's butts all the time. They're always trying to s- screw with each other, steal something from each other. Like, and they're always playing games. Like life is just this, you know, exciting game to them. And that's what I meant by like, they always teach me just to like roll with life because they're just so happy all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I feel like they might be, do they like be a little loud? I feel like the Huskies are known to be barking a lot. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like they, like they, yeah, they, the only one that really is very, very talkative, the mother and one of the boys is really talkative. Yeah. Um, like literally you're trying to have a conversation in the kitchen and he's like, rrr, rrr, like he thinks he's a part of it and he's <laughs> yeah. like just talking along with you and you can't get a word in it. <laughs> really like competing with the dog for who oh, can be louder. <laughs> absolutely. He's like, he thinks like he really does think he's part of it. He just thinks you're like, we're all making noises and this is what the time yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what could be better? Yeah, right. All right. So let's get into, yeah, tell me about your book that you have published, Miracles in the Void of the Void. <laughs> in the Void, yeah. Um, okay. so that was that was uh, published a year and a half ago. So that was last April uh, 2022. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of experience about what that time frame is like after you publish something and like all the things that you go through, all the things that you learn along the way. And then I just published, um, or, you know, by the time this comes out, I will have published on the 11th, a kind of what I'm calling the definitive edition of, of Miracles in the Void, which includes like a whole bunch of extra bonus stories. It's actually like twice the size of the original. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it ended up being really big. And it's it's actually the the bonus stories, are there's so many of them, it's almost like their own story. Um, and I could have maybe published it as a separate book, but I was like, it's just not something I would package as like you know, like this is its own standalone thing in this story. It's really like tangential things that are, have to do with the first story. So it's like, it's just extra stuff. Um, and it's all fun. Wow. What's the book about? Give me a little quick summary here. 
So it's uh, it follows uh, brother and sister, uh, two main characters, dual POV, um, and it's an epic fantasy. So they, you know, gain opposite powers, one to create, one to destroy. Um, and yeah, it, it's a big epic fantasy of them basically trying to save their family in two completely different ways. And they all they both go on their own separate journeys. And you kind of have to see which of those powers ends up kind of really doing um, doing the job. And it's uh, it's got a lot of twists and turns and it's pretty fun. <laughs> nice. That sounds really interesting, actually. So what what kind of got you into writing originally? I guess we kind of talked about it in your bio from when you were a kid, but how did you start wanting to publish and all that? I was always really imaginative, right? So I, you know, I didn't even know that that's what writing was. I was just like, I was an only child and um, like, you know, had a bunch of toys and I would, you know, I don't know. Do you remember Beanie Babies? I had like two monkeys and they had like this whole world they lived in, a backstory. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know that that's what writing was. I was just having fun. So, but like later on, you know, I had collected all of these like emotional issues that I needed to release like in my early 20s as most of us do and I started like doing uh poetry because and I guess the avenue was like I just chose that because it was a shorter commitment I could just kind of get something out and it could just be real and raw and I could get used to that Mm -hmm. and you know just say whatever I had to say and kind of just get it off my chest and then um I sort of said kind of rather quickly, I said, you know, I would really love to do like, you know, I have so many things to say, so many things to talk about. I would, I want to do a full story to say something, something bigger or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and I tried, I think I first, the first thing I went into was sci-fi because, you know, that's always been super fun for me along with fantasy, you know, with just like, I think everyone with their first venture into that, it kind of like became completely unmanageable and something way too difficult to do. So you're like, okay, I need to go. I need to take classes. I need to, you know, whatever. And um, started that process. So that was in my early 20s. That was like, you know, like 15 years ago. So I um, I did end up going to school and, and like taking classes for it and uh, really mm-hmm. getting into it, doing all the workshops and just developing that craft. Worked on a couple of more stories. And then I had started what would become Miracles in the Void around that time. But it was like, it was a lot different than what it ended up being. Yeah. But it like that baseline was was developing. And, uh, you know, it wasn't till actually the pandemic, I ended up being one of those lucky people who could work from home. Nice. And, you know, what, even like, if you just factor in like the commute and the time that you get take to get ready in the morning, all those things, I was like, I have like four extra hours yeah. to my day. Like, this is, I'm going to like use this while I can. So I was like, I, I have no excuse now. I, I need to finish this book. And I did. And I was, uh, really, I'm really thankful. The process was as terrible as all writing processes I think are and 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 challenging as they are but you know I was, I was so happy with the end result and and you know really grateful for the experience awesome how long did it take you to like actually write the book so I want to say when did like so I feel like it was like February 2020 right that like shit hit the fan with COVID right yeah um, or like it started to get a little serious then it right. was like March it was like freaking out yeah so that's around the time work was like, okay, we're going to switch to a new model. We're going to, you know, whatever. And um, so from that time, it was probably because then I was finished with the book, uh, probably spring 2021. So around, uh, you know, I guess about a year okay. uh, to get through it. And that was like, uh, I guess that was uh, the first late stage finished draft at that point. And I still had to do right. like the editing and all that stuff. But that was by the time it was finished writing, writing. 
Okay. Did you do your own editing or did you like hire an editor? No, I did. I did hire an editor okay. um, because when I tried to do books in the past, when I was younger, I couldn't afford anything. I mean, like, and I still right. really can't afford a lot, but I, more than I could when I was like, you know, in my early twenties, I, I couldn't do anything. And I really realized how much that impacts your writing. I mean, like even, even just the proofreading part of it, you can never catch everything yourself. It's so hard. You're so close to the material that you like completely skip over glaringly obvious grammar problems. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. So like, it's just the reason why the book I was working on at that time was really because I didn't have another person to just get these ideas off of, you know, someone to help me like develop the character, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I knew how important that was. So I was like, with, with this, like, I really want it to, I really want to publish it. I really want it to be a, like as best as it can be. So I'm going to bite the bullet and I am going to hire someone. Uh, and her name uh, was Kate Hogan. Uh, she's phenomenal. I would absolutely recommend her. A little expensive. Uh, she was the developmental editor. So she did the whole thing. So I sent her the entire manuscript. She went through chapter by chapter, copious, copious notes about, you know, just her opinions about everything, you know, lots of audio calls with her and things like that. She actually lives, I believe, in um, Indonesia. Oh. I think she lives in Bali, which is really nice. Right. But, uh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, she's from Australia. Um, so she's wow. like, she was really lovely to work with. Um, yeah. And I had a great opinion. And and I loved that, just finally, like, that collaborative, here's my vision. Like, what do you think about it? Like, let's let's, like, really tease this out. Let's see what this really is. Kind of stuff that you really can't do on your own. It's really, really hard. So... Uh, I went through that process. Um, and again, like that was kind of finished, you know, we're starting to get maybe uh, summerish of um, 2021. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what, is, what am I going to do for publishing? Like, how do I, you know, and you're researching everything. What am I going to do for distribution? Am I going to go Ingram? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go the Amazon? Am I going to, you know, yeah. the sort of companies like the book babies and, you know, you look at everything. Yeah. Pros and cons, just like everybody else. I finally narrowed it down that I was going to do Ingram and uh, KDP. Uh, so like the KDP was just going to be on Amazon and not distributed anywhere else. And um, Ingram was going to distribute to basically everybody else except Google. For some reason, they don't distribute there. That's what I, that was like the seemed like, I guess, the best royalties option Bye. because like the KDP had its thing and, and whatever. And it was also a way that any bookseller could order the book wholesale using right. Ingram, which they tell me is important. It hasn't yet been important, but I hear it's important <laughs> that bookstores can purchase Ingram. I yeah. know that's not true. Someone sent me a picture a couple weeks ago that they did see my book in a bookstore, was, which was really cool. exciting. This that's cool. Picture. It was very sweet, yeah. yeah. It was one of my original uh, ARC readers who was oh, like, hey, wow. I, just, I just saw this. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Anyways, the... It was it was time to like decide all that stuff, and I I really knew nothing. So I um, yeah. had no website, no social media, no online presence at all. I'm completely a new name, you know, and it's a new book. Like, <laughs> you know, this is gonna go great, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I really felt like I just didn't know enough about the industry, how things, even something as simple as, you know, when you're doing Ingram and KDP when do you hit publish with KDP? Because if you do publish early, your publishing date ends up being screwed up. Yeah. It's all like that, like really fine grained detailed stuff that I'm like, yeah. I just like, this is, this is really overwhelming. So yeah. uh, 
you know, and not only that, I'm like, I have to make a website. I have to figure out like, who am I as a bio? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> really just intimidated by, and um, you know, how do, how do you send out arcs? How do you find arc readers? And again, without having any foothold in the book community at all, you know, I guess now like that I've had an Instagram and, and I'm in there a little bit, I could be like, Hey, I have got an art coming out. Anybody interested? Uh, whereas before, right. like I couldn't even do that. So anyways, I, I again bit the bullet and I said, I need to hire someone to help me with this part of the process as well. So I did end up getting a publicist to walk with me through that journey you know, basically just, you know, tell me whether or not I'm being crazy again, bounce ideas and uh, marketing ideas, all that stuff. Again, just having that other person to just hold your hand and be like, yeah. we've done this a few times, relax. This is all normal. So, you know, I needed to ask them, I said, so what do you guys think about a publishing date? Like what makes sense to you guys? Um, and, and just so I, I ended up hiring Smith publicity. I interviewed a few publicists. I went with Smith because they're, you know, they're one of the, you know, I guess, more known uh, book publicists out there. And, um, you know, they just seem to have a reputation. And I was like, okay. So I, I asked them like, okay, what are we going to do for the book launch date? Like what, what makes sense to you guys? And they're like, well, do you want to do this as traditionally as possible? Cause that's what we recommend. I said, absolutely. Um, and they're like, well, all the outlets that we're going to try to submit to are going to require you to be like eight, six months in advance of your release date. Oh, so wow. even though you're ready now oh yeah like they need a lot of lead time most wow. of those most of those outlets so and even like book reviewers and whatever like they need a lot of time because their their plates are full yeah so just so that they can have reviews around the time that your book is launching so um i was like wow that seems like a really long time but we ended up settling on april so we had the whole fall and and most of the spring to do all that stuff um okay. find Readers get it. We did like NetGalley and um, one other website uh, that's really big for advanced review copies. Not Edelweiss, but um, it's one of like the smaller ones. Anyways, we you know, use that to to distribute the arc and find like reviewers and stuff. And that whole process was terrifying and and a little bit <laughs> yeah because reviews start to come back and they're finally real reviews. They're finally what yeah. real people think, and not all of them are going to be positive. Right? Yeah. So uh, you just kind of like, you're just got to like, and I, I was like, I was preparing for it. And I was like, okay, obviously someone's going to come back and, and not like it. And it was like the second review, like someone oh, didn't like it. And I was like, no. okay, I, I've, I've uh, you know, I've now gone through that. Right. So I, yeah. I didn't have to. <laughs> to yeah. To now you go. It. Now you know what it's like. <laughs> now I know. Okay, great. It's happened. Yeah. Okay, and and honestly, like most of them were were really nice and and were helpful to the whole thing. But of course, like there's just some people who don't get it. That's just the way it is. Right. We we did all that stuff, and then there was then there was the launch. And at that point, it was still like iffy on doing public events, so we didn't end up doing oh. any kind of launch or anything. So okay. I just did the online thing. You know, I started the Instagram, tried to figure out as best I could, and and I didn't realize just how much of. Um, that marketing hat, that salesperson, that publisher hat that, you know, because what you feel like after you finish the book is, yes, I've, I've conquered this mountain I've always wanted to do. And the rest of my life is going to be amazing, is the feeling. Right, right. And then you realize, oh, wait, there's this entire other mountain that's mm -hmm. been hiding behind this one yeah. that I now have to climb, which is... <laughs> a writing career, right? So now you're yeah. a writer or you're an author, but now it's like the career mountain that is 
a whole different game and involved all these other different rules that yeah you know you have to learn as you go right but it's been a it's been a blur when you when you asked me to be on here to talk about what happens after publishing it was really the first thing I kind of looked back because it's just been such a go 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 blur and I'm like this feels like it's been seven years. I'm like, this is this was only a year and a half ago. Like, yeah. you know, granted, I started earlier than the publishing date, you know, working on things. But it's like, oh, my God, this feels like forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's just so much all the time that has to be done. So you're like. <laughs> and then because what happens is um, what I also didn't anticipate was the fact that, okay, so I could all, you know, I lived, you know, I obviously had a full time job that yeah. has nothing to do with writing or, well, it's in marketing and um but and and also writing at the same time. So I got used to that. But then it's like, okay, now you have kind of three jobs. You've got your regular full-time job, you're writing more things, but then you're also this salesperson, marketer, yeah. you're like designing, you're think, you know, you're thinking about ads and you know just like that whole piece of it that is its own job. Yeah. And it's like it's just it can get like really crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's really hard to do, you know, full-time job plus all this stuff. It's, it's really challenging. It's hard to find the time, which I think for me is probably why, like, marketing is so hard because I just, like, I have ideas, but I don't have the time to, like, execute a lot of the, you know, especially on social media because they're like, you have to post reels every day on Instagram. I'm like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> not only do I not have time to actually just film a reel or take a picture, I don't have the time to like think of like what that reel or picture right. is going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be good because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like what writers are today are like really superheroes. Like it's, yeah. and it's, you're pushed to do so many different things and to be creative in so many different ways. And there's a lot of growth that can happen there, but it is, it's taxing. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk more about, we like covered like five questions in this. Let's just continue this kind of train of thought and keep talking about marketing. Um, so yeah. So after you published, what kind of marketing things have you done? You have your definitive edition and let's talk about that. Yeah. So I, um, at first, you know, I didn't really know what to do. Cause again, what you do as a writer is so not visual by mm -hmm. like nature. It's writing. Right. It's worse. So that's why there's, there's no writing like reality TV show because like, what would they film? Exactly. You sitting there with a notebook. Like, right. So it, it's just weird. Like it's different than like, if you're, you know, an artist and you can like, you're, you're painting, you can show like your amazing stuff because it's mm -hmm. a visual media, social media. So you're like, what the heck? Am so obviously you can do character art. You can, and, yeah. and I've worked with a lot of really, I love collaborating with artists on, I love collaborating with anybody, but just like on a shared vision and like, we're going to like sculpt this out. And, you know, I just, I love working with people. So um, yeah, I got to work with a couple of artists to do character art, location art, and that's all stuff that you can post and, and, and try yeah. to get people interested in. I don't know. There was this one idea I had like randomly to, while I was writing the, the bonus stories that were going to be in the definitive edition, I decided to not cut my hair or shave. Because I thought it would be an interesting juxtaposition of, you know, here I am with this enormous beard, like this work in progress beard. I don't know. Like it was something visual. <laughs> something you know, to do, yeah. <laughs> like how am I going to like, you know, whatever. So it was a funny gag, I guess, but it's not like, <laughs> and I don't know, like what else? And um, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, showing book covers, show, like I guess um, there were yeah. a couple of 
words at the book one. So anytime anything like that happened, I was like, okay, this is like, I guess, newsworthy. Like let's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anything that happened that was nice. Like, so uh, when my Kirkus review came back, I was like, yay. Like here, you know what I mean? Like you're just showing like whatever you can. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it was really um, all ads on Instagram. I tried ads on Amazon and I have not for the life. It's like, seems like so its own, like it, it just has such a learning curve to how like yeah. to affect it that um, I'm just like, this is too much. I, I just really, I mean, I'm sure it's great if you get it going, but I'm like, this is not working for me. So um, I tried that. I also did for a period. So after the book was, you know, out for, I don't know, maybe like two or three months, I was getting antsy and I really wanted to do one of those ads, um, like a, a fussy librarian, like the discount ads, okay, places, yeah. like a book bub or anything like that. Yeah. So I had to you know, discount the book 99 cents. And I tried like basically every single one of those I could find. Um, and some of them work, some of them didn't. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, sure. And then, yeah. So once the definitive edition started taking shape, I could then ask, you know, you know, I could start to ask for ARC readers and, and for beta readers and, you know, kind of get the following uh, involved a little bit in the process of that. And that was fun. And now it's, you know, launching. So uh, it's time to do all the ads around that. And yeah. um, it's just really hard to stand out. So one of the things I, I um, right, because everyone's trying their hardest to be creative, to try to do something different. And there's a lot of really, you know, clever people out there, a lot, a lot of clever yeah. writers who, who do their thing and and make it work, right? Yeah. I was like, what's something that can like be, I guess, a little bit interesting, like either something I can sell along with the book or like use as a promo for, you know, I don't know, like, what can I do? So obviously the idea of a t-shirt, everybody thinks of a t-shirt because it's like the easiest, um, like merch thing to do. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want to do something special though. Like if I'm going to do a t-shirt, like, let me do something special. So I, um, in the character, uh, in the character, in the story, one of the main characters, the creative one, the way that I kind of started to establish that they were a creative person was that he um, they live in this really like terrible port town. They're stuck there. It's in the middle of the ocean. He um, scoops up trash out of like the water and he like makes himself a shirt out of newspaper. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna like, why don't I create his shirt? I will make a really cool shirt. Like well, that looks like it's made out of newspaper. Yeah. And it'll like, hopefully my goal was like, it'll look cool whether or not you know what the story is or not. Like you just say like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Yeah. And I actually, I was like, okay, that's the idea. And then I was like, how am I going to do this? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to make it actually really special. So I will, I literally sat there um, with InDesign and, and mapped out a real newspaper from the story with the headlines, like an actual articles, like that would be like in the city that he was getting it from. Wow. And I was like, this is kind of like wearable world building. Like, cool. It's yeah. a new idea. So I I did that and then I tore it all up in Photoshop and I laid it all out in like an interesting way, made it look dirty, make it look like it's from this place. And, um, and I asked like some fashionista friends of mine, I was like, okay, look at this. Like, do you think that? And they were like, where can I get one? That's really cool. And I was like, okay, we got it. All right. Nice. So that was really cool. So I, um, I have the deal going on that. So I also started, um, to do direct direct sales, like doing okay. my having my own store. 
Um, and if you order the definitive edition through my store and the shirt, you'll get both of them 20% off. So I thought that was like a cool way to try and gin up some excitement. Like, yeah. hey, this cool thing, you know, so who knows? But you yeah. just keep trying new things. You try to think outside the box, like whatever you can do. Yeah. Uh, to just get a second of those readers' attention. <laughs> okay. I want to get the shirt. When does it go on sale? <laughs> it, it's going to go with uh, on the 11th with okay. uh, the launch. All right, cool. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it will be like almost immediately backordered because I only have a couple and it actually takes a really long time to print for some reason because it's an all over print. Oh, yeah. And it, it's kind of like the print. So it's going to be backordered pretty quickly, but. At least you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'll just warn people. Like, you might have to wait. Yeah, that's an incentive yeah. to buy the buy it as soon as you can. You don't miss out. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what is this? What's your book? Is it um, YA, adults, new adult? What what book is what is it? So it's YA because okay. of it's coming of ageness and, and the material is all YA, but I really feel like it's probably like also like a new adult thing. I feel like yeah. it's got like that level to it that I think is, um, you know, that could, that could, someone older could certainly appreciate for sure. Okay. What made you want to write at that like age level as opposed to like adult or something? I think um, it really just came down to the way it was taking shape and the way that like, so again, we're talking about coming of age. We're talking about yeah. that, that time in your life when you're realizing agency, your ability to create or destroy your life, which is the big you know metaphor of that story. That's where the magic comes from. But yeah, you know, that's around that time that you really, you know, I could have used that message and that kind of, you know, just like that you really do have this power over your life and, and it's really, really up to you. Um, which is why I guess like that time in your life can come for anybody. It didn't come that young, like, like a 13 to 17 year old for me, Yeah. which is why I feel like, you know, maybe a young adult could also relate to it because everybody goes through that time in different places, but the characters ages and like sort of what they were going through really just made it clearly YA. So I, I okay. adjusted the writing to make sure that someone that young could read it. Right. Okay. So kind of along these lines so what kind of um, messages or types of characters do you feel is important that you want to be portraying in your writing um well i think it's important to say something right uh, because that's the whole thing is that you got all this stuff inside and like all this like you know you know you don't say angst or whatever but you just got stuff on the inside that you want to or things that you've learned mm-hmm that you want to get out so like i said about you know creation and destruction and you know our role in in creating you know in our own lives in that way was something important for me because that's something that i had to learn i was incredibly self-destructive for a long time and had to learn and and really actively decide that i was actually just going to be involved in creating what the the life that i wanted yeah and i just think that's such an thing to learn and to embrace and to really feel and accept about yourself. I really wanted to create a story around that. So not every story that I do will touch upon that specifically, but I think I think it's important to have a message of some kind, I guess, and something to say. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like that that tracks with the whole destruction and creation. Uh, <laughs> Storyline, I get it now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So what has been um, one of your biggest challenges since you kind of started to pursue this in publishing? 
I think, you know, I had thought, again, I thought I was really prepared for putting your work out there, like, yeah. you know, and get putting it out there to be rejected and all of that stuff. I thought I had really prepared that. Um, but it, you don't really know until you do it and you get yeah. into it and you're there and, and people just really tear you up and they're just like, yeah. I think this is, you know, you, this thing you just spent all this time on, which obviously they don't know or care about, but I know. You know, it's, it's, I don't like it. Yeah. And they'll be very blunt with you. So like, I guess learning how to just put yourself out there, how to be like, you know what, this is, this is what it is. And this is who I am as a writer. You can like it or not like it. And like, I'm, you know, this is, this is it. So I guess learning more and more to be myself in that way and myself uh, as a writer and just trusting that and going with that has been a challenge. Um, I don't know if it's the worst one, but it's certainly a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's like the hardest part for a lot of people, like just putting yourself out there. Cause nobody's, especially like, I also feel like it's hard to put yourself out there, even for like people that, you know, if you're like, Oh, my grandma or my friend, whoever is going to now see this because I'm posting about it. And then you're like, it's even hard to have people that, you know, be reading yourself because I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) even, I mean, even like not reading at all. I talked to some uh, like people who want to be authors um, that are, you know, just getting on bookstagram and, and they're just feeling it out or whatever. And even just like the posting of like, you know, a picture of themselves, you know, that's putting yourself out there. Like Mm -hmm. it's all that muscle you have to learn of, you know what, if someone doesn't like it, like, like, oh, okay. Like that's not my problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I have to do what I'm going to do, you know? So that's, it's all, uh, all a lesson for sure. Yeah. It's an exercise in how to not be a people pleaser. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And like, it's not that you don't like, listen to criticism and yeah. like there's absolutely sometimes things to learn from them, especially if you're hearing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Like absolutely be open to like learning and growing as a writer. But you know, if someone's like, you know, reading in the first 10 page and being like, I don't like this, like that's not really someone you need to listen to because exactly. they're not really engaging with your work. You know what I right. mean? So yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. All right. So what is something that has surprised you the most, either in a good way or a bad way um, in the whole process of writing and publishing? In a good way, I was, uh, so I I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have any social media. That's just really not my thing at all before this. So I didn't know what to expect about that. Really, really pleasantly surprised about the book community um, that's on there, um, about just how many readers are really supportive and actively want to support the indie community um, and like will go out of their way to support it because they just imagine how possibly how hard that is. Um, That is all really, really awesome. And, and connecting with readers, you know, it's just all like that has been, I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. I didn't really know what to expect, but it was really pleasantly surprising and, and really, really nice uh, just for that piece. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. A lot of people have been saying that. I agree. You know what I just remembered I was going to ask you earlier, um, and I forgot, is um, did you ever think about doing the traditional publishing route, or were you kind of set on indie? Yeah, I thought about it, and I said, you know, when I, again, in my early 20s was sort of considering this, I I looked into it, and I was like, okay, like, I get the process, get the agent, you know, queries, and and all that stuff, but I, I really didn't give it this that much thought this time around. I was kind of like, this is really what I'm going to do. This is because I'm a really self-motivated, self-starter. Um, I like having my hands in kind of everything. Yeah. About 
the book, like the cover, I want to do, I want to do the layout. I want to, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff that kind of like gets out of your hands when yeah. you throw it to the publisher. I, I, I really like that. I like being really involved in the project. So I was like, you know, it, it will be harder. I get it, but I, I feel like I can do this. So I, I just went for it. <laughs> Okay, so back to the real questions. Uh, okay, so have you ever dealt with um, like imposter syndrome, comparing yourself to other authors, other books you've read? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Imposter syndrome, for sure. Like when it first, you know, when you first get someone who addresses you as an author, like whether it was a reader who, you know, saw your book and they're reaching out on, you know, on your site or on Instagram or whatever, you're just like, it feels weird at first because you're like, oh, yeah. wait. Am I an author? Like, is that real? Like, you know, I just kind of put this out there. Like, you know what I mean? I don't feel like, you know, a real author yet. But so that starts to happen and you're just like, okay, like, but I need to stand in this. I put something out there that's a piece of work and that's, that's who I am. That's what I did. And and I can embrace that. What I still have a hard time with is like, you know, you get it, you get an award or something like that. That feels like, you know, you're excited to tell people and it's like, okay, great. I have something to post and I have to post it because I have nothing else to post. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, you know, it's like, uh, so, like all I say is like, Hey, someone like my book, because that's really all it means. Some judge somewhere happened to like my book and it doesn't mean anything else other than that. Really. Yeah. Sure. And it's, and it's hit or miss. I've, you know, not even placed in certain content. You know what I mean? Like you just, yeah. it, right. it is. So, so I feel like a little bit weird about that. I've kind of been pretty good about not comparing myself to anybody. Um, That's good. Yeah, because like, and I appreciate following other authors and I'm like, you go, like, that is amazing. Like whatever, you're, whatever it is you're doing yeah, or the event that they're at and they're like behind their little booth and they've got the stuff everywhere. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like go you. And I hope to be doing that like at some point, yeah. but <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like that's their journey and like I have my own and I, I'm just really thankful for, for all the things that, that it's been about. So I've been kind of like, yeah, not feeling like I need to compare myself to them. It's more like a goal. You know, like I look at V.E. Schwab and she's like working on like comic books and working with artists and like all this cool stuff. She's got like movies and things. Yeah. And I'm, you know, that's so awesome. Like go her. She's so freaking incredible. And, um, but I'm not like, oh, like I wish I was her. No, <laughs> right. Like I'm going to have thing like whatever so yeah i recently not that i compare myself to other people but sometimes like especially with social media you're like oh man like that author like they got looks like they're doing so great you know like everything looks so perfect that they're doing but um, um yeah. i think especially for me like with doing this podcast and talking to other authors it's really made me like be like yeah nobody knows what they're doing <laughs> like yeah, we're all kind exactly. of like on the same page of like Absolutely. doing our best Oh yeah. Like I'll get messages from other authors and they're like, um, is Amazon ad services like completely crap or is it just me? And I'm like, no, I can't, it's not working for me either. You know what I mean? Like you realize like, Oh, like it's, it's, it's everybody. Like it all sucks. So. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's made me feel good that it's just not me. That's the only one struggling. (laughs) Uh, all right. How do you deal with, we talked a little bit about the, like, if you get a bad review, um, do you read all your reviews or do you kind of just, did you read the first few and stop reading <laughs> or like, how do you deal with like, if it's negative? That's what I mean. Like I was really bad at first. I thought I was going to be better at it, but when those arcs were there and it was like, cause it was the first impression the world was going to see yeah. about it. So I'm like, I was like really like excited about it and I was following every single one. And then like, like checking Goodreads, like, you know, I don't know, every five hours, like, <laughs> yeah. 
it was, I, I like, know. <laughs> I did the same be, thing. <laughs> this is so unhealthy. Like, this is not okay. And I'm like, this is, I need to, no, I need to stop this. So, and also what I noticed I was doing too was I was, I was reading, uh, if I didn't see the words like loved, exclamation point, wonderful, like if I didn't see those sure. words, it was just someone going on and on about like, you know, like what they really felt about, you know, just a regular review. I was reading it completely overly negative. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Where, like, I, like, cause my, you know, I would get that like ping in my stomach and I'd be like, oh God, like, what are they going to say? And I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, it's terrible. Like they hate it. Like, oh, uh. you know. <laughs> And then like the next day after like I have my emotional reaction to it, I reread it again. And I'm like, they didn't even like say anything that bad. Like, right. why was I like going nuts over this? So I realized like I, I needed to change the way that I was, you know, dealing with that. So yeah, I, I basically consigned that, you know, review spaces. They're not writing those reviews for the author. They don't even think the author is ever going to see it. They don't even think yeah. you're a real person for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like they have no idea. So yeah. you need to kind of, if you are going to read it, you need to read it through that lens. Like they're not trying to, you know, I, I don't mean it to sound, but they're not trying to like help you out to like how your writing could be better. They're just right. saying, this is my reaction to it. They're like, you know, I, I, this is my pet peeves. I don't like these things or those things. And this, you know, these sort of things bother me or whatever. And they're just writing it to tell other readers that they in their groups, what they thought was something like, they're not trying to do it for you. So you just have to read it through that lens instead and yeah. just like kind of leave it where it is. And it is what it is. Yeah. Feedback is more for, from like the beta readers and like, you know, the other off, like, you know, critique partners. Because they're like, Oh, do you, have you ever tried doing this? Or have you like, they're trying to actually like work it out, work the story out with you as opposed to someone inserting their own, idiosyncrasies and preferences on your work rather than seeing what your work is and trying to, you know, uh, elevate that, you know, they're, right. not, they're not doing that. No. <laughs> what is your, what's kind of your end goal with your writing? Do you have, is this, a, is this um, going to be a standalone book or a series? It is standalone in the sense that you can read this and like, you've got a complete arc. There's no like cliffhangers really, but it is going to be like, I really love this world and these characters. I want to do a lot more with them, which was part of what the exercise of doing the definitive edition was, was, okay, can I write more happening in this world? Like, are there, like, does this world have more stories for it? And, and the answer for me was like, yeah, I think this is really fun. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I will be doing more standalone-ish stories that maybe happen before the, the events of this book, like, but they're not like necessarily like a series that you have to read, you know, one, two, three, four, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um, recently learned about novellas and how that's a big thing now is doing like novellas for different characters or whatever. So. Oh yeah. Fantastic. I would love that. Which is how this started, by the way, I was like, oh, it's going to be really short and it's just going to be a couple of bonus chapters. It'd be like, maybe a novella right yeah and it, uh maybe eighty thousand words later story yeah yeah okay so we're gonna go into a couple rapid fire questions here um so just quick answers whatever you think of all right so question one uh what is your day job if you have one Sure. Yeah. I work in marketing. Um, so events and trade shows and websites, not so much digital. We, we work in the power industry, like the power grid. So not too much like social media stuff. Cool. 
what hobbies do you have outside of writing or reading? Oh God, it's like everything. To be honest with you, it really is. Like my whole life, like just, you know, with either working or it's the dogs, it's playing with the dogs. It's like, you know, getting some time outside. I love being outside in nature. Yeah. I guess like the occasional hike if I can get to it, but like yeah. it's mostly um, writing and reading. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, what is uh, your one of your favorite books that you've read? Um, so I've I've always really really loved. I haven't read it in a long time. I really want to read it as an adult. The Never Ending Story. Oh. I I just I just think it's such a so I love those stories that like completely fantastical. Yeah. Um, you know, but still has this core of like saying something, right? Like yeah. that whole book is about like losing your imagination and, and becoming an adult and like losing that like kid thing, like where you embrace your imagination and all that. And that's what the nothing is, right? So yeah. I just love stories that can pull that off and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Say something really cool, but still being super fun to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. What is your favorite time of day to write? Um, I usually like to get an early start. So I, okay. I like to try to get a, some kind of like workout going and then like get the juices flowing. And then, yeah, I'm starting to plan out all that writing stuff. And sometimes it's marketing stuff, but like, yeah, I like to start as early as I can and then, you know, hopefully be done by the time I need to go to bed. Because if I don't finish what I said I was going to finish, I have this like terrible, like, I'll keep myself up if I don't like finish whatever. Oh my God, me too. It's really bad. Um, I think that's a problem with a lot of indie authors because we, we like give ourselves all these deadlines for things, but it's like, it's not really a deadline. We can do whatever we want. There's so much pressure for literally nothing. (laughs) No one, no one's like watching. Even if you say to somebody or to like, you know, say publicly like, Oh, this is going to be ready at this time. You're like, I have to make it ready at this time. And and no one's remembering. No yeah, one nobody, cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> like, it could be like two weeks late and they're like, oh, this came. Okay, great. You know, yeah, you know? I know. Uh, all right. So uh, do you listen to music when you're writing? And if you do, what is your current playlist? I don't have like a playlist per se. Like I have like a definite playlist for like relaxing time, like, which is like real music. Like I love like, you know, the doors and like sixties, seventies, like I love all the classics, but yeah. um, when I'm writing, I, I do like a little bit of classical in the background. Okay. I like something that makes me feel like, I don't know, like there's some magic in the air, like whatever okay. that's going to be, you know, like even like I'll Spanish guitar, um, you know, I don't know, just anything kind of like just nice in the background. is <laughs> So what, okay, what's your biggest pet peeve or like trope that you don't like in books that you're reading? I, I don't get too hard on authors because I know how it is. But sometimes yeah. when I, um, the only thing I don't like is when I'm too aware of the author, meaning like okay. they're, the way that their prose is, is so like, they're trying to show you how smart they are. And I, I get how smart you are. Like you finished a book, like you've already won. Like yeah. you don't have to impress me. And I, you know, in a lot of books, like for instance, like that win, like the Pulitzer Prize, a lot of literary fiction, I'm reading them and I'm like, I get it. You're really smart, but I'm too like, I'm too aware of who you are. Like I'm not into your characters. And that I like, it, yeah. it jars me too much because I'm thinking about them too much. So I don't know. That's just a little thing that I, I notice. I don't. Yeah. All right. 
Um, and then what is a troop, a trope or a theme that you would like to write about that you haven't written about? Oh, well, I, I really want to do a science fiction. So I'm working on one now because for the same way that like fantasy and all the world building and all the fun you can have with that sci-fi, you can do the same. It's just that it needs to be more, you know, grounded in reality. Yeah. So, but you can still like do the same sort of exposing, you know, some core, some like, uh, like who we are as human beings, all that kind of like fun stuff that you can talk about Yeah, do it that way. So I love any way I can kind of do that. And I'll be working on that and hopefully um, get it done by next year or something. Nice. Yeah. I feel like sci-fi and fantasy kind of go together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of overlap for sure. All right. So that's the end of the little rapid fire round. Um, okay. So we got it a couple. So rapid. I'm sorry. It was not rapid. It's okay. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, we're gonna do kind of the last wrap up questions here. So what advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out, they're thinking about publishing a book that they've written or, you know, getting interested in it all? I would say, uh, if you finish the book, congratulations, celebrate the heck out of that. Because you have to know that is an achievement on its own. And you need to love what you created. You need to love the fact that you did it. You created something that's going to live longer than you embrace it. Um, because if if you don't love that piece of work that you just did, all this stuff that we talked about is going to really be very soul crushing. And um, the only way to like, I think to really survive all that is like, really, you just have to love it. You have to love what you do. Every part of the process. I didn't start out liking a lot of what this process is. I didn't really like, sometimes I didn't, you know, write actually writing out the scenes. I found it like to be just really frustrating and difficult you got to learn to love every part of this process if this is what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, you're saying this is what you want to do for a living. You have to be constantly actively producing things and dealing with all this stuff that we've talked about. So you got to love it. Like, because yeah. there's no other reason it's worth it unless you really love it, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would say love it um, is my advice. We kind of talked about this a little bit before, but what other projects do you have coming up for you? Yeah, I'll have more stuff in that, what I call the Mirrorverse, which is what that world, um, or Miracles in the Void, uh, more stories from that, more standalone uh, stuff that I'm working on, also the sci-fi. And um, I've got a couple of other books that aren't as in strong development, like Ideas for them, still sketching them out, that I'm really excited about too. So I've I feel really lucky that I have more ideas than I have time to get to. Yeah. Because like you could have the opposite problem where you don't, you don't have any ideas, you know what I mean? And you're just like, I don't know what to do. So I'd prefer this problem than, than the latter. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say most authors have like, I don't even know how many, like a litany of books in their mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, yeah. I wish there were more of them so I could get them done. But. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And then lastly, where can we find you? Are you going to be at any, are you going to any events? What's your social media? What's your website? Tell us where everybody can find you. Awesome. Yeah. The, so website, westdyson.com, easy to remember. Um, and on Instagram is at west.dyson. Uh, so lots of dots. I don't have any events currently, but I hope to, um, I have a couple of things that I'm trying to plan with some bookstores, local things. So I hope to announce those pretty soon. Awesome. That's all I have. Thank you so much. This was so fun. This was really nice. It was great to meet you. You too. Thanks for joining me today on Behind the Writer. Make sure you're following our Instagram at 
Behind the Writer Pod for all the latest updates and previews of the guests to come. We'll see you next time.